0: Everybody, if this is your first time here. Welcome! Thank you for joining me. Coming to you from the heart of Cajun country, where the winter season lasts mere hours instead of weeks. This is the Down South IT Podcast, and my name is Clark. Thank you for joining me today. We have an interesting topic, and it's actually going to be a continuation of an episode from last season. So, if you want to check out this, the episode from last season, go hit the website up. DownSouthITPodcast.com, look for the embedded player, and then scroll down until you find episode 309, and that's called My Prince Charming. So that might kind of give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. But after you listen to that episode, if you wanted to, go ahead and check out the rest of the website, see if there's anything that you like. The blogs, the reviews, anything like that. I got a bunch of stuff up there that you can take a look at. Of course, if you have anything that you want to follow along with that I talk about, it's all right there in the show prep, which that's the link right underneath the embedded player. Uh, If you want to go back to previous seasons, I put everything in a archive and that's going to be you have to click on the show prep right under the embedded player. And then in that page, there's another link at the bottom that says show prep archive. Everything from previous seasons is going to be right there. And of course, the show prep has links, pictures, all of that kind of thing, so you can see exactly where I did all of the research for this. So you can go back and double check, and go play to your heart's content, and see exactly what I'm talking about, and follow along with the podcast if you really want to. But while you're browsing the interwebs, don't forget check out the the Facebook page. That's at Down South It. Search for it right there in Facebook, and you can come across it. Give the page a like. That way, I know you stopped by. And also that'll get all of the posts for the show page in your feed, which is important because you can't follow along if you don't get the posts. So you can find this podcast on just about any platform that you might use. And that includes SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean and Pocket Cast. If there's one that you use that I'm not on, let me know. And I'll try to get the podcast on there for you. I want to make it as e- easy for everybody as I possibly can. Just shoot me an email, downsouthit at gmail.com and let me know. And I'll do what I can to get it up there for you. And if you just happen to be on the website, you can just use the form at the bottom of the page and that note will get to me as well. So so jumping right in, what is our topic today? If you did listen to that that episode back last season, you remember that I mentioned 3D printers. But I really didn't get into it because it's a lot more to get into than just what I could have done going through all of the other types of printers. So I had to split it up a little bit. So that's what we're going to talk about today is 3D printing. So what exactly is a 3D printer? Well, the easiest definition that I could come up with is a, it's an, a printer that prints things rather than documents. And the way it does it is actually a pretty neat little feat. So instead of taking digital letters, numbers, pictures, symbols, and transferring them to a physical media like paper or transparency or, you know, labels or something like that, a 3d printer actually will create a three dimensional object from a digital file. And it does it in two ways. First is going to be the actual hardware of the printer the printer uses different materials to create whatever you're planning on printing. And most of these printers use different types of plastics and they come on a roll and they're, uh, it's a plastic strand and it's called a filament. And these can be different types of plastic is some are more rigid, some are softer. It just kind of depends on what you want to print as to what type you need, because obviously the, the stiffer plastics are going to last longer and, you know, They might be better for whatever object you're creating. So that plastic is actually going to tell you how durable, how bendable, or how tough your object is going to be. And it isn't just plastic that these printers can use either. Some can actually use metals, and there are even some printers that use human tissue to actually print skin tissue and different things like that, which is nuts, it's nuts, but it's going on. And I'll talk a little bit more about it later on. So the material that you use to print actually makes a big difference as to what you can make. But how the printers actually work is something all, to, all different. The printers have a flat table called a platen and the print will actually be built on that platen. The plastic or the metal or whatever you happen to be printing with actually goes down into a printhead which is a heated printhead and that'll actually melt the metal or the plastic or whatever you're printing with and it'll deposit that material onto the platen in a specific orientation and that actually will be one layer of printing then it moves to the next layer up and goes up and it'll print everything again and move to the next one and the next one. And it keeps going until you have an actual object rather than, you know, a piece of paper. Now, depending on the printer, either the whole print head will move in three dimensions or the actual platen will move in three dimensions. And it just depends on the design of the printer. Some of the lower cost ones, the the it's just the head that'll move. Some of the more expensive ones, it'll use a combination of the two not only that the more expensive ones are bigger but they'll you know they'll work in concert so what it does is it'll move in three dimensions the it'll move forward and back which is one it'll move left and right which is two it'll move up and down which is your third dimension so that's why it's able to print a full-fledged object now the really cool thing is that you can create just about anything that you want to dream up using this method The only big drawback is that 3D printing is slow, and even to print a small object may take three hours or more to to print it. But once it's done, it's basically a complete object. It's done. You may want to paint it if that's what you want to do, but for the most part, it's a finished thing. It's a finished object. You don't have to do anything else to it. Now, the other major thing that you need, besides the printer itself, is gonna be 3D software. And there are a lot of them right now. Most of them are gonna be paid software, unfortunately. There are a few that are open source, but the gist of them is that they're all CAD software or computer-aided design software. And most of them use 3D modeling. So that way you'd be able to take an object and build it in the computer in three dimensions and then the software will either translate or you can create something from scratch and, or you can just translate it and download it from a repository because there's a lot of things that are online already that you can just download and print if you want. As somebody already created the model, so you just download the model and then print it. But if you have to look for software and you want something that's free, open source, then you want to look at something like Tinkercad That's probably one of the best options around right now, if you're just kind of getting started. And they actually have online lessons to teach you how to create 3D models. It's not a program that you actually install. It's a web-based thing, so you really don't even install the program on your computer, you just use it through your web browser, which is kind of cool. But the other main job besides creating models of the objects that you're trying to print, the other main function of the software is called slicing. And the software actually takes whatever 3D model you make or download and it slices it into horizontal slices. And that could be hundreds of slices. It could be thousands of slices. It depends on how big the object is. And these layers can only be a millimeter thick. Some can be a lot less. It just kind of depends on, you know, the object that it is that you're printing. And it'll send each slice in turn from the bottom to the top over to the printer and it'll print you know each slice in turn now depending on the printer some of them have networking functions like you can actually hook it up to your network if you really wanted to some have usb capability that way you can just plug a usb cable into the back of your computer or your laptop and do it like that and it will work just like a normal printer but some of them don't have that option and you actually have to download the file to a flash drive, plug the flash drive into the printer, and print from that. So just kind of be aware of that if that's something that you want to get into. But no matter how the file is sent over to the printer, that's when your very slow magic will happen. The printer will power up, and it'll self-test and adjust the printhead to all zero coordinates. So I know if you remember back to geometry class, having to plot out different graphs and stuff like that, it's the same deal except the final number which is going to be height so the printer will take each slice in turn melt the plastic or metal or whatever you're using to print and it'll deposit that material on the platen according to what the slice tells it to do so it'll use the coordinates from the slice part of the software to tell the printhead where to go and how much material to put down and then it'll take each slice In turn, again, until you create something and you end up creating something out of nothing, which is pretty cool. Now, the biggest use for 3D printers right now has been in the industrial sector. And a lot of what they do is rapid prototyping. They'll design and use the 3D printers to create like one of parts that they can use to test to see if they something will work in a product or just to use, to do another model of a product or something like that. But just as an example, say, say a company is making a new coffee grinder and they are trying to work out a new model that's smaller and more powerful than the last one. But to save some money, they want to use the same motor that they already use in the previous one. So they can use 3d printers to try different gear combinations, and different types, you know, different uh, thicknesses, different the ones that are more rigid, ones that are more soft, depending on you know how they want to try to get that desired performance out of the same motor. Now they can do different combinations, different types of things, see what they do, and they can even use the printers to make different cases to put the whole thing together. They can model different buttons to find out which buttons are more comfortable or what placement of the buttons would be more comfortable in that scenario. But the, the hours or the couple of days that they would spend doing something like that and printing off those parts is absolutely nothing. It's minuscule compared with the cost of having to make molds or, you know, have somebody make the thing by hand. So they can do all of that have a design that's up and working like they want it to and the best part is most of these already have the models created in the computer already so you can send those models over to somebody that can make the molds and that will ramp up production that much faster it's a win-win for them and to be honest the other big use of 3d printers is making other 3d printers there's a lot of them right now that all the plastic parts, the plastic components that are on most 3D printers, the gears, the a lot of the parts that hold the print head together, some of the the some of the smaller parts, you know, different things like that mounts, brackets, those types of things, all of those are made on other 3D printers. So they use 3D printers to build 3D printers, which is kind of crazy. But that's just a couple of scenarios that use 3D printing. There's a lot more industries that are turning into it, you know, lately. And one is going to be dentistry. Dentistry is starting to use it and use 3D printing to make custom partials for patients. They use scans of the patient's own teeth. So there'll be a custom fit. Uh, they'll use 3D printing to use acrylic covers for your teeth to be able to help move your teeth. I know you've seen uh, some of the commercials around, you know, the ones that help align your teeth, like kind of like braces did back in the day. But they're using those, you know, with scans of the patient to be able to make custom orthodontics, and that's pretty cool. Even glasses companies, companies that make prescription eyewear, are using three D printers now to make custom frames. That'll that way they fit you perfectly. There's no if-ands or buts that they're going to fit. Now, the the lenses may be a little off depending on, you know, how good your optometrist is, but for the most part the frame is going to be fine but the biggest the biggest industry probably right now is going to be medical medical uses this a lot and they're starting to get into it a lot uh, the medical fuel can do a lot with this technology they're creating prosthetics for people that have lost limbs that'll perfectly fit them when they get replacements they can make new joints out of different metals for like knee and hip replacements that are custom. So that way they know they're going to fit. There's no extra drilling or, you know, anything like that whenever they actually go do the surgery. Plastic surgeons can actually make underlying plastic or metal structures for patients that need reconstructive surgery. Uh, They even have, like I said earlier, 3d printed artificial organs. They'll print, they'll 3d print a, they have 3d printed an actual heart out of plastic and it just has all of the pumps and stuff within it but it's in in essence it's a 3d printed heart but probably the newest revelation that they're using it for is going to be using your own someone's own tissue and in 3d print to be able to print body parts and right now it's mostly like cartilage type body parts like the nose or the ears or something like that And they can actually print the cartilage and then let skin grow around it. Given a few years, it's probably not going to surprise me at all that they're going to be doing actual organs. And I'd say it's probably going to be within the next 10 years. And they'll use a few good cells of your own to kickstart the process. And then they're going to grow and print you a new organ if yours happen to be failing. And that is just amazing to me. Even museums are starting to use 3D printing now to make copies of fossils that are going to be too delicate or anything like that to put on display. They can make scans and do 3D models of, you know, whatever fossil it happens to be and 3D print one that they will be able to put out on display. Or they may have something that's encased in, say it's encased in rock. Or something like that, that they, if they try to get it out, they're going to damage it. They can send that through an a- MRI, get a 3D scan, using MRI, turn that into a 3D model, and then put it out on displays. That way everybody can see it. There's a lot of different things that they can do just because of, like I said, the, the items that they do are so fragile. Or even in the case of if it's something famous. Say the bust of Nefertiti or something like that. Say if somebody wanted, they've already done 3D scans of this thing, but say a museum wanted to get a copy of it. All they would have to do is request a, a copy of the scan, build a model, 3D print it. And as long as they put on there, it's only a replica. You know, that way everybody knows where the actual one is. I don't see a problem with that, but that way everybody would be able to see one that's exactly like the original. I think that would actually be kind of cool. Now, really and truly, that's only a few uses and in industries out there that are using 3D printers right now. This technology is still really, really in its infancy. So there's no telling exactly where this is going to go once it actually takes off. I mean, there's so much that they're doing with it already, not to mention what they have coming down the pipe. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens with this once it actually gets into the mainstream and where it actually goes from here. So just on the off chance that all this 3D printer talk kind of gave you the itch, I got a couple of them that you may want to check out. I do have the links and everything up on the show prep page whenever you get a sec and go check that out. And I got them from three different price ranges: uh, a starter, kind of a mid-range, and the big bad boy. So we'll start with the big one first, and that's going to be a, a Quiddy Industrial Grade X Max 3D printer. It has a five-inch t- color touchscreen with different icons for easy operation. has a build size of 300 millimeters by 250 by 300, so it's 11, almost almost a foot by 9.8 inches by almost a foot again so the the plate on it is actually fairly big so you can print bigger objects and full metal support that is more stable than plastic so it uses actually aluminum and cnc machined aluminum alloys to make it so it'll be a lot more stable whenever it's actually doing the printing and this one is going to run you right about $13.99. It has a bunch of other features. It has Wi-Fi and all of that kind of stuff built into it. So you don't have to deal with any kind of flash drives or anything like that. Everything's already built into it. You just basically plug it in and go. Next up, we have kind of the mid-range version. And that's going to be the Creality, Creality I'm sorry, Ender 5. And that's going to be $349.99. And this one has a built-in power supply, 350-watt power supply. So it'll be able to print for a long time without having any issues. The kit is actually somewhat assembled, so you don't have to build too much of it. It comes with several parts already assembled, so all you have to do is just put a few things together and get everything going. It has a resume print function, so just on the off chance that something happens and you lose power or... You know, something blinks or whatever. You, you're not going to lose what you're going to print. Whenever the power comes back, it'll start printing again, just where it left off. And, of course, it has a few different pulleys and st- stability features and stuff like that that'll let it print without being too noisy. And this one's actually going to be a 220 millimeter by 220 millimeter by 300 millimeter. So, this is a little bit smaller than the, the other one, but not too bad. And just kind of getting into... The entry level should i say is the creality ender 3. this one again has the built-in power supply has the the power resume so if something happens you lose power or whatever it'll stop printing while you lose power but it'll start right back after you get it again several assemble, assembled parts already so you just need to assemble a few different things and then you can get it up and going has an upgraded extruder That'll reduce the plugging risk so you, the plastic or whatever you're printing with doesn't get stuck in the print head the and cause all kinds of pains in the butt. And this one's just a little bit smaller than the other one. It's 220 by 220 by 250 millimeters. So a little bit smaller than the mid-range one, but you know, still a decent size. So if you want, you can check those out. Again, I have the links and the pricing and everything like that on the show prep page. You can check it out and go see if that's anything that you kind of might be interested in. Now, whether you really got the itch to go ahead and start this kind of journey of 3D printing or not, I can tell you in all honesty, this is going to be something that we're going to be interacting with a lot more as time goes on. As different industries get into this kind of thing, we're going to see it more and more often. So it might not be something that you technically have in your house and want to do all the time. It might be, I'm not, you know, I'm not judging. I, I think it's actually pretty cool. I'm I've thought about getting a 3d printer for a long time. I just never have pulled the trigger yet, but it is something that we're going to be dealing with and handling in everyday life. Probably a lot more, you know, in the next few years, I would say. So it's going to be something that is going to be part of life. And, I really don't think it's going to be going anywhere anytime soon because it's just, it's a lot more convenient. You know, it's a lot more convenient. It's a lot easier and more customizable. So as products get tailored more and more to our individual style personality and really and truly to our personal whims, we're going to be encountering these a lot more in the future. And I just want to take a second to thank you all again for listening I really do appreciate all of you taking the time out and spending some time with me to talk some tech stuff. It's always a treat for me. And like I like to end every podcast, I always end it with a paraphrase from Elbert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all again for listening. I love you. You rock. I'll catch you right here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later.